This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. It's now my pleasure to introduce our Executive Vice President and General Manager, Mr. Kevin Sheveldayoff, who will make our first pick on behalf of the Winnipeg Jets. Welcome to another edition of the Grit for 60 podcast. My name's TC. You can call me, or you can call me TC. My name is Connor Farrell, and I am joined by my partner in crime from the the Independent Alligator. Did you all say the Athletic? I almost said the Athletic <laughs> from the Independent Alligator. Hi everyone. I'm Brendan Farrell, also known as TCJ, and also from. ESPN Gainesville, I guess. Yeah, that's is that a thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Every once in a while. Well, yeah, that's cool. Sort of. Um, anyway, so ESPN Gainesville—that's like UF sports. Yeah, and like uh, we also mentioned, like uh, the Jags, the Rays, the Lightning, the Magic, like Central oh. and North Florida sports. Uh, so, yeah. But anyway, so, <laughs> I want to take back everything that I said in my last podcast in a surprising turn of events. The universe has proven me wrong once again. Um, I want to point out. So it turns out. I want to point out. first is not good. I just want to point out before we really get going. Okay. I nailed the prediction for tonight. I had it Did on you? the spot, yeah. Because you said 4-2. I was way too optimistic with these games. You said 4-2 Jets. I did. And I said, I think I said the same score, but for the Coyotes. So, yep. point me. But, I, probably, I probably will get another game right on the dot like that again this year. But at least I got one. You're right. You you got it. And I don't think I, either of us predicted the game Sunday to go the way we expected it to go. Yeah, I'm not putting my bets on like the one percent chance a, a seven goal game happens. Um, but again, I would like to emphasize to the Winnipeg Jets: don't score first. Apparently, that's bad. Apparently, scoring first is voodoo. Just don't do it. Score second or third, fourth if you have to. Just don't score first. But, I mean, it just proves more and more that they're allergic to leads. So They are allergic to leads. How does this, <laughs> does this team just need a kick in the pants every game? Just like, oh, now we're down a goal. Guess we better try. Yeah, I guess. And, I, like, I, <laughs> and the more and more I, I watch and hear about the Devils, the more and more that comeback seems less, or, yeah, less impressive. Yeah, they got rid of their coach today. Do they really? Uh, yeah. How did you not? 
How did you not hear about this? It was like seven hours ago. They got rid of their coach. No, uh, no, they didn't. Then what am I? I swear I saw the NHL Devils tweet. I'm not. I'm not seeing anything. Seven hours ago, that they relieved their head coach. I don't think that ever happened. I think you're just making that up. What? Well, anyway, what? let's 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 move past that. <laughs> Never hear from uh, TC source sources ever again. It was Twitter. But um, let's delve into first. Let's let's talk about the Penguins game first. That happened Sunday night, shortly after we recorded. Oh goodness! And yeah, not a great game for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, I mean, it started out good. We're like, okay, we're in business. We just beat the Penguins, uh, you know, a week ago. And we got a goal. And then the wheels fell off. Yeah, uh, they get, they start off with that kind of fluky goal from Matthew Perot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, like that's as good of a start as you can get. You know, you just kind of throw the puck at the net and – you know, just a few minutes into the game, and boom, you're up one nothing. I mean, I, I, anyone would take that. And then yep. just from there, just nothing, nothing. Okay, good. but it wasn't it wasn't immediately like a dumpster fire. Like they, it was one, it was tied at one at the end of the first period, and then I think they were down after the second period. But it wasn't until the third period that it really started to, yeah. So. Um, Zach Aston Reese tied it up in the first period, then Jake Gensel, then Sam Lafferty, so then 3 1 pens, and then, well, I guess it was 4 1 after two. Shifley and then Dominic Simon. Simone. Simone. I've heard it both ways. Um, you mean, the, you mean the guy that the Pittsburgh fans want to throw in or shoot into the sun, but he's actually really good? <laughs> sure, I guess. Um, but what, what are your takeaways from this game? I mean, they allowed Sam Lafferty to score twice on them. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay. So, okay. I'm going to, I was going to try to wait on this for a little bit, but I, I, this is sort of where I've got to make a point. So I was listening to another Jets podcast and one of their big things that they kept mentioning over and over again was that the Penguins got the bounces or something. And so, yeah, maybe the Jets weren't great, but uh, we shouldn't worry about this because, you know, the Penguins got the bounces. And I I can kind of, to one extent, I'm like, well, the Penguins get almost every bounce um, somehow, even though that doesn't feel possible. Um, But at the same time, I'm like, you lost seven to two to the Penguins. You don't get to blame the bounces and just shrug it off when it's seven to two. Also, you lost to Lafferty and Simone and um, Zach Aston Reese. Tristan, I was going to say Tristan Jari. Well, Aston Reese had two goals too, including a shorthanded goal. There we go. Aston Reese, Lafferty, Tristan Jari. Those are the guys you lost to today. And you still want to say, well, we can shrug this loss off because we had bad bounces. No. No, you can't. In fact, one of your goals was a bad bounce. 
Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Stop it. Yes. Crosby made an amazing athletic play by passing the puck with his skate, and Pullman did everything he could to make a stop on that play. But, you know, it's Crosby. He's going to pass the puck to his skate. But you, you don't understand. This is a Penguins team without Malkin and without Galchenyuk, and they put up seven points. Seven points. You don't get to blame the bounces. Yeah, they got completely dominated by the Crosby line and Teddy Bluger. <laughs> and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that they you know were significantly outplayed in this game, but you know there were definitely stretches where it looked like the Penguins are in control of this game. You know, it, it might not be totally one sided, but they've got the edge. You know, you're looking at this game and it's like you still want to be the better team against a weekend. Like the Peng- I'm not going to say the Penguins are a bad team, but when you're missing the players that they're missing and they've got Tristan Jari in net, who's not a particularly good goalie, in my opinion, you still want to have the edge and like shots and the possession numbers. You still want to be able to drive play. You want to get your top line going. You want to create pressure in the attacking zone. And the Penguins just look sharper. The Penguins just look sharper, and it's, that's reflected on the scoreboard. The Penguins took their chances when they needed to. The Jets had plenty of chances. They didn't take them. That would be my takeaway. Good teams find a way to take the, the opportunities they're given and punish the other team. Jets didn't do that. That sounds, yeah, that sounds right to me. Um, and the thing that got me is, well, a couple of things. One, yes, technically the Jets had more shots at five on five, or shot attempts at five on five, I should clarify. However, when you start adjusting for things like score effects, because most of the Jets' domination came in the third period when they were trailing by a bunch of goals. Yep. It's basically 50 50. Yeah, when you're, I mean, that's going to happen. You're going to catch up, catch up on shots um, when you're down by a few goals uh, in the third period because NHL teams like to turtle as much as I hate it because I think in any sport, no matter how high, you know, no matter how much you're leading by, you should keep your foot on the gas pedal at the Jaguars 2017 against the Patriots. Teams that turtle, I tend to think um, are inviting pressure and inviting um, the other team to come back. But that's kind of going off on a tangent. In the NHL, usually you're going to catch up on shots in the third period when you're down. And that's, you kind of saw that um, in this game. Well, one of the interesting things I thought uh, was that – now, this is clearly not a, a cause and effect effect or sort of deal. But uh, you know who watched this game from the press box? I'm so glad you brought this up. Good old Vile Heinola. You know who watched the next game from the press box, too? Vile Heinola? Yep. I've been told it's Heinola, not Heinola. Heinola, whatever. From our fr- Finnish friend. Sorry. Uh, I, I always think it's one way, and then I'm like, no, it's the other way. And then I screwed up. Heinola. Heinola. And he likes to emphasize that there. You, you don't really want to – you want to avoid stressing the syllables as much as you can with the finish. So 
I, I know naturally for me, the stress is on the hay, but if you can kind of run it all together, I think that's the most authentic way, but that's, we're getting off track again. And all that. Um, yeah, I, after watching this game and watching the game tonight, I can't give you a good reason for having, for not having handle in this, uh, in this lineup. I personally would put him in over Batetto, but I think you can make an argument that he should be in over Pullman. I think you should, you could make an argument that he could be in over Kulikov. Or Dahlstrom. Like someone's got to make a play. Dahlstrom, possibly. Yeah, I kind of like Dahlstrom. Well, I think I think he could definitely play over Dahlstrom. Fair enough. Fair well, enough. I mean, like, I'll be honest. Like, Hanela hasn't actually really been like that great. But again, <laughs> he, he's basically a child <laughs> playing in the NHL. Yeah, well, yeah, he's eighteen, and and that was something that Paul Maurice uh, said in his post game uh, for this Penguins game was. Hanel's going to get his – he's got time. He's going to get his opportunities. But at the same time, I'm sitting here thinking, the opportunity is now. You do not have another defenseman that is better than him in your top six right now. You don't. You don't. Um, and I and I, I guess maybe the, you know, the strategy is we're going to give him his nine-game uh, tryout and then send him down maybe. We're going to try to stretch this out. Well, I mean, because he's not a junior player. It doesn't matter how many games they give him, I don't think, unless you want to start oh, really? counting it. Unless you want to start counting it towards RFAs or whatever. Does he um, – what is the rule for European stuff? Because I know for I don't him, think there, I, don't think, I don't think there are any rules. I think oh. he can play wherever he wants, how long, however long. I assume there was a rule for that. Um, I think the only thing would be – I think it's like if you play 40 games – uh, it counts as a year towards your. It counts as an RFA year, because I remember the Sharks of Timo Meyer, his rookie year, they had him play exactly thirty nine games. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But if you don't want it to count against his RFA deal, then that's that's where the nine game comes in, I guess. Yeah, no, that'd be the that'd no. be the four that'd be the four. The nine game thing is the uh, is the junior agreement. Oh. As far as I know, I could be wrong. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not really up on my CBA details. Um, and I guess, um, what else do you want to mention about Hanela? Nothing really, honestly. But just overall, this is just a pretty bleh effort from from the Jets. Yeah, um, and I will say that top line that has been carrying the Jets kind of went missing in this game. And I know, I know you don't want to have the same players over and over and over again pull you out. You know, be the ones carrying the team. But again, I think this is where we start to have questions with who else is going to produce on this team, because look, the Penguins produced with Lafferty and Zach Aston Reese, right? Where are those guys on this team? Kyle Connor? He, you're on, he, Kyle Connor's on the second line. He's another guy that I'm going to call out. Kyle Connor, start producing. I know he scored tonight, but you want, you know, Kyle Connor, uh, Adam Lowry isn't doing much. Perot scored tonight. 
Um, I, I was just going to say that whole line of Adam Lowry and Mark Latestu and Gabriel Bork is just gross. It's just bad. Not great. Not great. Uh, Jack Roslovic? Maybe he should get some points now. Or, um, you know, who else? Um, Mason Appleton. That was the name I couldn't think of. You know, we're these guys that we know we know they're capable. We know these are skilled, talented guys that should be able to produce at this level. Um, and they just they're not stepping up when we need them to. Um, I'm talking a lot. Do you have any thoughts? No, I think you're kind of just repeating everything that I want to say. The last thing I will mention is because I have no disagreements with you. The last thing I will mention is this was not a great effort from Laurent Brossois. I know that it wasn't exactly getting a whole lot of help in front of him. No. But it's seven goals. Yeah, and, it is, it's seven. Sorry, you continue. And at some point, like, I know that you may be sitting there watching some of these Penguins goals and you're like, well, I couldn't have done anything about that one. I couldn't have done anything about that one. But, like, the Penguins really didn't, other than the, I think, the Dominic Simone one, like, the Penguins really didn't have, like, a goal that was, like, 100% a goal, you know? Like, mm-hmm. at some point, yeah. like, just, just from sheer, like, probability, like, you're bound to make a save just out of sheer luck. You know, there's really no excuse well, for, there's, like, I'm just saying there's no excuse for giving up seven goals. Right, and I, I'll agree with you on that. So I don't think he was bad, um, but you're right. When you give up seven goals, there's not a lot of positive things that you can say about his game. Um, and and I think because I got on Connor Hellebuck's case early on in the season about rebounds. When you watch this game, there were I, there was at least one. There might have been two goals where you're like, he. If that rebound doesn't go right there, that's not a goal. Um, but that's something that, you know, as a goalie, you've got to be mindful of. Um, yeah, my other thing was going to be, this is, this is almost like a, like a PSA sort of thing, is that right now uh, shot tracking data is off for some reason. I, guess, I don't know if it's just like the way the NHL changed the way they track their shots or the software is a little different this year. It is off. So expected goals is a little broken right now. <laughs> oh, I thought that was just a small sample size. No, it's just like like people are noticing that there are like way more shot or way fewer shots that aren't happening in the slot anymore for some reason. It's like, okay, something weird's going on with the data. So for right now, if you're looking at like the uh, like the shots on like natural statric or Corsica or whatever. Be a little wary that's a little broken right now. So right, for right now, I'm going to keep going with my good old friend, Corsi. Good friend, Corsi. Um, any other takeaways from this Penguin game? We spent 18 minutes on this Penguins game. No, no. I think uh, I think we're good to move on to the Coyotes game. The Coyotes game. Which, honestly, is just kind of more of the same. Uh, I was more entertained by this Coyotes game. Both teams played hard, I thought, watching this game. Um, but again, the again the goals didn't fall for the Jets, and they did for um, the Coyotes. What was interesting to me about this game was watching how structured the Coyotes are defensively. Like they don't have they don't have star power, but they are very structured. 
and particularly they like to drop back low into the zone and the Jets were kind of at times trying to force their way into this five-man block that they the, the Coyotes have below the center ice and it wasn't working for them and then other times they would try to take shots from the, the blue line from the point um, and again that wouldn't work for them either um, yeah that was one of the things I noticed was just a lot of a lot of shots from the from the blue line and well, you don't you, you don't have I'm just saying you don't have Brent Burns and Eric Carlson up at the point and Joe Pavelski in front of that. Right. Right. I, I I guess the one guy that you could probably count on from getting a dangerous shot from that range is well, I guess if Line A drops back, he could hit it. Um kind of like on the Jets first goal, Line A had a, an absolute screamer that hit probably right where the crossbar and the post meet. And it fell to, to Shifley who put the rebound in, something like that. Um, but that, I don't know how reliable that would be. I guess the other guys that you would consider to have that kind of shot, as far as defensemen are concerned, probably Kulikov, maybe Morrissey. Um, I don't really know who else may, maybe Potato. Um, that can be really threatening from there. And I just, I felt like the structurally the the game plan the Jets didn't have the right game plan to sort of deal with this low block the um, Coyotes were playing. Um, what what did you notice about this game? Uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up was uh, the penalty kill or lack thereof. Right. Right. It hasn't been great so far this year, and when you nope. allow the other team to go uh, two for two, I think. Yep, two. They went two for two, and coming into this game, they were zero for nine. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. I mean, the the Jets allowed a team that couldn't score four goals tonight, and two of them yep. coming on the power play for against a team that could not score on the power play coming into this game. Mm-hmm. The Jets right I now, mean, according to I mean, the, the Jets right now sit 29th in the league in, in the penalty kill at 60%. Well, but also small sample size NHL is my favorite NHL. So, Okay, but when you're sharing company with the Devils and the Kings, that's usually not a good thing. Are the Devils hashtag bad? The, the Devils have been awful. Are the Kings hashtag bad? Yes. I, I think uh, I saw the other night that, like, Jonathan Quick allowed five goals and his save percentage went up. I saw uh, – so wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, say that again? Um, I'm pretty sure I saw somebody say that uh, Jonathan Quick gave up five goals the other night and his, per- his save percentage went up. Oh, my goodness. I think I think he's cooked at this point. Jonathan Slow. Um, <laughs> it's funny because it's so obvious and I'm sure everybody has said it a thousand times already. Um, Jonathan, Jonathan Quick, owner of the 6.44 goals against average and, uh, so I, and sub 800 uh, save percentage. Sorry. I saw, I, um, NBC had the Anaheim Ducks in their top 10 power rankings. Good old, just, good old John Gibson. I'm just like, 
Uh, it's way too early for that kind of. And the Oilers, I think, were in the top five. Yeah. Okay. Let me know when James Neal stops scoring goals on every other shot. Right. It's you know? that team is. Yeah. Okay. We need to focus back on the the Jets. Well, here's uh, all you want to bring up. We can talk about that when we preview the rest of the the upcoming week here. Yeah. Um, but uh, here's something I wanted to bring up though. Okay, go uh, for it. So the Jets had another teenager play in an NHL game tonight. Not not Billy Heinola or Heinola, uh, but 19 year old, six foot two, 196 pound, former 60th overall pick in the 2018 NHL draft, David Gustafson. Gustafson. Right. I was going to assume Gustafson. Gustafson. Like same deal. Normal Swede. This is my partner, David Gustafson. <laughs> From the Winnipeg Jets? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, good old psych. Yeah. Sorry, it was it was there for the taking, so I took it. Um, yeah, Gustafson, I I want to like him as a player, but at the same time I'm looking at um sort of what people say about him, and I'm like, oh, this is another guy that's gonna this guy is another one of those grit per 60 guys. Like he's the reason we named our podcast, what we named him, what we named it big, strong guy, but he might actually be good. You know, like strong guy is going to go into the boards, win puck battles. He doesn't have the veteran presence that you would usually have with these guys with high grit per 60 values, like uh, Chris Stewart of the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, but I kind of want to like him instead of make fun of him like we do with everybody else. Yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't take penalties though. He only had ten minutes last year, ten ten penalty minutes last year in the Swedish mm. league. So he's not really a true grit per sixty guy. No. No. Maybe grit per sixty can still just be us adding a Kulikov. I don't know. Yeah, but Kulikov isn't big enough though. That's the problem. He's only like six mm. one. So okay. You know, to me, like uh, Milan Lucic is a perfect grit for six. Well, guy. yes, he's yes. like he's Milan like Lucic. he's like a he's like a first ballot uh, grit for sixty guy right now. Michael Haley, first ballot. Yep, yep. <laughs> those, those those guys. But anyway, once again, we're getting off. Um, we do that way too much. Yeah, we it's fine. It's we fine. barely. I mean, we've kind of been on this topic for like seven minutes and barely mentioned what happened in the game well okay, um, here you go uh gustafson only played six minutes tonight <laughs> eh. so not really an exciting nhl debut but he drew a penalty and he did play unlike a certain uh other teenager from scandinavia yikes that was that wasn't a shot at handle that was a shot at not playing handle Paul Maurice. Yeah, there you go. But, you know, Paul Maurice has done a great job with his Jets team over the last few years, and I kind of want to give him the benefit of the doubt for something like this. I, it's, at this point, you know, this is – it's. I'm starting to more and more just get, in, get come to terms with all he- hockey men are the same. Yeah, well, um, I mean, because the NHL goes through the same 30 head coaches, so 31 – I guess now, but yeah, you just need to become part of the hockey men club and then you're set for life. I guess you basically just need to be certified by hockey Canada and you're good. Yeah. 
basically. Um, but this Coyotes game, we will actually talk about it. We actually, yeah, so special teams were huge because um, not only did the Coyotes score a couple um, power play goals, but both Jets goals were power play goals, which that's cool because, you know, up until this point, the power play is kind of – it hasn't looked bad, but it's just kind of been okay. Um, it's, just, it's just kind of there. They sit 20th right now at 18.5%, which isn't too horrible. Right, but maybe – I mean, it looked good overall today, and they scored twice, so. Um, maybe it's turning a corner. May, maybe. Maybe it's that, that bread and butter of the Jets of, what was that, 2017-2018? Yeah, that's a, that sounds about right, yeah. Um, so maybe that's – so maybe there's some positive in this um, whole we're not as good as we thought we were uh, week. The the opposite of the Dennis Green. They are who we thought they were, and we let them <laughs> off the hook. <laughs> but, they, but they are us. We are who yeah. we thought we are. Um, I have a feeling we're going to, you know, just get into this, this Jets team. We're going to have these – these streaks where we're like, we are amazing. We are terrible. So you're saying they're like this year's Flyers. Well, the Flyers can still be this year's <laughs> Flyers. But also at the same time, though, the Flyers are painfully average. I'm not sure if the Jets fall into that listen, category. Listen, listen. For about a week, we were hashtag good. And now we're kind of coming back down to earth. And it's only been our fourth game. Uh, that's what that's what's been odd to me this season is the Jets have played eight games in like what twelve days, and the Flyers yeah, have played like four. Um. Okay. How do we? What are? What else are we taking away from this Jets? Arizona game. I mean, special teams kind of defined this game. I kind of mentioned how structurally sound. Like Rick Tockett did is doing a fantastic job there with you know the talent that he, they kind of have. Um, yeah, I mean, when you when you hold when you really keep the Jets to the outside and towards the blue line, even when guys like Line A and Ellers and Shifley are up there. Uh, who, by the way, Shifley leads the league in points. Just wanted to throw Hello. that one out there. So, at least that's what NHL.com tells me. Yeah, he's tied with McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Line A. So, there you go. But, you know, when you, when you take those – when you take the Jets' top six out of the game, yeah, it's just not gonna be a good. You're gonna have a bad time if you're the Jets. Yeah, it's gonna be rough. Gonna be a rough time. If Shifley, um, if, 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 if one of Shifley, Line A, and Kyle Connor does not score, you're gonna have a bad time. Yep. Maybe this this is just who the Jets are. Sometimes they're really good. Sometimes not so good. And it's and that's I guess true to a degree for all the teams in the NHL because it's an 82 game season, but. I feel like it's particularly true with the Jets. Yeah, I was going to say that the pendulum swings especially harshly for the Jets. 
Um, and I think that's just a product of, like, I bring this up every episode, but it's a product of how they're, how they're built. Um, very top-heavy, very um, offensively productive, defensively shaky, difficult foundation to try to build any sort of um, consistency on. Yeah, I mean, I think if anything, this kind of stretch has told us this is still kind of a kind of a retooling year, and I think that the more that guys like Hanela and Gustafsson get minutes, the better it is. Uh, but that's not to say that they can't make the playoffs. Uh, no, and I I don't think my projection have, of them has changed. I still think they're going to be a bubble team, and whether they make it or not, it's kind of a coin flip to me. Um, and I don't think that trajectory has really shifted all that much yet. But at the very least, they haven't looked like a total dumpster fire, like a couple of their teams in the in their division have. Like, oh, well, I don't know, the Wild and the Stars, but a combined two wins on the season. And how many wins do the Blackhawks have? Because they haven't gotten off to a great start either. Also, one win on the season, but I felt unfair lumping them in with the other two because the oh, Blackhawks because they... have only played four games. Right. right. So, because. Team Europe. Um, I mean, team but it, series. at least so far, it looks like Dallas has learned the lesson of uh, creating a, a retirement home doesn't necessarily work out on the ice. So, right. <laughs> pretty you sure they're like, should not be a cane. Pretty sure they're like one of the oldest teams in the league at this point. Um, all right. Looking ahead, we have, I don't know if this is going to come out in time. To preview the Islanders, but we're going to go for it. Um, Rematch against the Islanders. So, you know, they wrapped up the season series against the Penguins, and now they're going to wrap up their season series with against the Islanders. So that that's fine. And they, they lost 4-1 to one to the Islanders the last time they played. And just... Well... This is a team I think they, the Jets should be able to beat. Well, if... The Jets beat the Penguins 4-1, and then they lost 7-3. By this logic, since the Islanders beat the Jets 4-1, the Jets are going to win 7-2? 7, yeah. That makes sense. Is that your pick? No, it's not, but I just wanted to throw <laughs> that out there. That's just how every series against season series against the uh, Metro is going to go, I guess. I get... Um... <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't I, funny. I can't co-sign on that. Um, but no, I think, yeah, I think it's I, a winnable game for them, certainly. This is another team that I kind of see as sim, like similarities between them and the Coyotes because you've got Barry Trotz, who's going to get this team playing the, uh, the right kind of way, um, much the way Rick Tockett has done in Arizona. and it's, They're going to be a difficult team to sort of break down. Um, how I see this game shaping out, um, hopefully a little bit better than it did the last time they played, but this time, you know, it's in Winnipeg, so maybe that gives them a little bit of an edge. I'll say 4-3 in overtime, Jets. Uh, I will go 3 I'll go 4-2 Jets. I was going to say 3-2, but then I decided to throw in an empty netter for whatever reason. So I'll go 4-2 Jets. Okay. Okay. And then a few days after that, we've got the Edmonton Oilers come to Winnipeg. 
Listen, anybody jumping on the Oilers bandwagon has not watched any sort of Oilers hockey since 2006. Like, I just don't see this lasting over the course of the year. Like, not not even the, like, oh, they're going to win the Pacific Division. I mean, like, I don't think – I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs. It's, it's nice that they start off the year well. That's nice and well and dandy and all. But I still don't think that they have anywhere near the depth to make the playoffs. I mean – Come on, how many, off the top of your head, honestly, how many wingers on the Oilers do you think you could name? Without wingers? Besides McDavid and Dreisaitl and James Neal, like, honestly. Well, you're just taking away the obvious ones. Yeah, that's, that's my point. <laughs> you can't. My, my point is. How many is Beatles that... can you name other than, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> None of them, apparently. But my point is, is that the Oilers have a bunch of like barely NHL level wingers that they're playing in like yeah. the middle six for some reason, like Josh Archibald or, um, gosh, like I don't know, <laughs> just guys that are like fringe NHLers, and they're just like, yep, we'll just throw them on the second line now. But you know, you know, for some reason. I have this feeling that this is going to be a game that the Jets are going to lose, and they shouldn't. Like, this is just going to be one of those games where it's like, well, we've got no answer for that. Oh, yeah. In two days. The thought of Connor McDavid against that defense is not a pretty sight. Right. And it's not even just McDavid. It's like, we're the better team here. We should win this game. But they're just going to drop the ball in this one for some reason. That's my gut feeling. Maybe it's just the past two games – that I've seen of the Jets kind of in the back of my mind um, warning me, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say four, two Oilers. Uh, I'll tell I'm going to say it's a pretty high scoring affair. I'll go five, three Jets. All right. So I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at B 77. Uh, you can follow TC on Twitter and Instagram at TC underscore 904. Yes. You can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at grid for 60 pod. And you can follow us on iTunes and Spotify just by looking up the name of the podcast. So uh, with that being said, thank you for listening. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.